He said as he was getting older, how old are you? Well, Lord, son, you ain't seen nothing yet. You got days to come. Amen. <laughs> well, I'm thankful that you invited me down. And uh, Jeff called me up on the phone. And uh, like you said, we've been, we've been friends for a long time. Worked in the same kind of industry. I've got things from him and ordered things from him. That's kind of how we know. I'm a creaker, by the way. I live in Taze Valley, but I'll always be a camel's creaker. Uh, that, that's my home at heart, and uh, but I, I'm glad to be here tonight. I hope to come and be an encouragement to you and to help you, but I need to ask you a few questions before we get started because I'm not going to be able to help you if you don't want help, okay? So let me ask you a few questions first. Who, who wants to learn something tonight? Let's learn something from the Word of God. I mean, this is not just a stop in tonight Wednesday service where you didn't have nowhere else to be tonight. We're in the house of God. And I want to learn something from the Word of God. And I want to leave here different than I came because I believe with all my heart that God is still working through His Word and speaking to the hearts of men, women, boys, and girls. Amen. You believe that tonight? All right. Well, i got three scriptures I'm going to go to. And usually when you say that to Baptists, they cringe. Now, I've learned this about preaching and pastoring. I've been pastoring for eight years now up at Villanova and I love it. Um, but um, I've noticed uh, that you got about uh, 30 minutes with Baptist after the hip switch. After that, you're done. You might as well hang it up, Jeff, and go to the house. But, uh, but Jeff did tell me tonight that I had three hours to get this all done, so y'all hang tight with me and you need to walk around. We can do it. My kids always tell me, that uh, they call me Pharaoh at church. And they say the reason why is because I won't let God's people go. But we're not going to try to do that tonight, amen. But uh, I want to be an encouragement to you and a help to you. I know uh, the, the time that you're in and you're with a, a pastor. And, and uh, you know, it, it's, a, it is definitely a scary moment that we live in in the world that we're in. Now, I could sit here and talk about politics all night and what I agree with and what I don't agree with. And you'll leave and you won't get a bit help. So I ain't worried about what they're doing at the White House, but I can tell you that in God's house, God is still chief and commander, and He's still in control. Amen. Amen. And I believe that with all my heart. So let's go to Exodus tonight, if you will. And we're going to talk about the tablets, the, the law that was written by God and given to Moses. We're going to start in 31. I just want to pull one verse out of there real quick. And then we're going to go over to... 34 in, in Exodus 34, and I promise you that if, I, if you will listen fast, I will preach fast. Amen. All right, tough crowd, going to be a long night. Amen. Just hang with me. Uh, I want to learn something from the Word of God and take something and be a help that, that in this time that y'all are in, um, uh, a, a time that can help you. And uh, can I tell you, it, it, it is... It's not, a, it's not always comforting to be without a pastor, but it's not the end of the world. Okay? Christ is still on the throne on the right hand of God. He's still got you back. Hey, nobody here ought to ever fall out. You, you say, why? Because God's been too good to you for you to fall out until you get somebody. Everybody in here is going to depend on each other to make it through till you get a pastor. And you can do it. 
So let's go to the Word of God tonight and see what this, the, the Bible says. In, in, in 31 of Exodus, the Bible says that uh, in, in, in 31, 18, the Bible says, And he gave unto Moses when he had made an end of communing with him upon Mount Sinai two tables of testament, tables of stone written with the finger of God. So in, in 34... We're going to see uh, 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 something change here. So in, back there in 31, we noticed, uh, we understand this story that God got some tablets of stone and Moses met him up on top of the mountain. Uh, he met him up there. And when Moses, when, God, when Moses met God for the first time on this thing about the, the law and the tablets, the Bible says that God gave Moses the tablets. Now God handed him the set of the tablets. And then after that God handed him the tablets, the Bible says that God told Moses, you need to get yourself down. You need to get yourself down because they all basically in Cotton Pass Camel's Creek language, they all went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Now Jeff, I'm not surprised when they go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I've been doing this long enough, it don't shock me anymore when God's people go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. What surprises me is how fast they can go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Let me clarify. One minute they can be shouting the praises of God, standing on the Word of God, and the next moment, the next day you see them, they might not be in that area no more. Hey, I'm going to tell you, it's very important to hold on to what you believe. This world is so crazy that listen, it wouldn't surprise me if they pass a law tomorrow that you can marry a mop bucket. Hey, Amen. So it doesn't, it doesn't affect me that they go cuckoo for Cocoa Puss. What affects me is how fast that you can go from living in the... I believe the protecting hand of God to outside of the protecting hand of God. So as we see that uh, we we see that God handed him this this law, and he come down off the mountain, and you know the story of what they were beginning to worship the calf. And I mean, I don't know how long Moses was going, but I don't think it was very long till they started into doing whatever they were doing. Amen. And the Bible said that Moses got mad and threw down the tablets of stone and he broke them and it teaches us and shows us that God's word can either be uh, uh, broken or not broken in other words you can't bend it God's word cannot be bent his law cannot be bent it wasn't made for that it's either you break it or you don't break it and I don't know about you but I've broken the law of God the reason why I know that is because I'm born again, blood-bought, I've been saved, and God, Jesus Christ had to save me because I could not hold the law. Now stick with me, we're going somewhere with this. I could not keep the law. If you're here tonight and you think that you can take and keep the law, I got news for you, you got a long road to hoe. I'm thankful tonight for the grace of God. I'm thankful for His mercy. I am a nobody. Listen, I deserve hell. 
I deserve to be there tonight, but I'm not going to hell because God has been so gracious to me and He saved my soul. So we're going to, if you don't pay attention to this this evening, you're going to miss it. And uh, I, I'm excited to be here, so I'm, I'm moving too fast and I want to pray. God, I love you and I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for this opportunity. God, I pray that you open this up uh, that uh, with the Holy Spirit of God. Hide me behind this pulpit. I am a nobody, God, but I want them to see you and your word. I want you to speak to their hearts. Uh, God, please, as the, as the Holy Spirit of God moves through this place, Lord, speak to us and help us tonight to learn what you would have for us. For it's all in Jesus' name I pray. And amen. Uh, notice this in verse 1 of 34. There's a change here. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Hew thee two tablets of stone like unto the first, and I will write upon these tables the words that were in the first ta tables which thou breakest. So there's a switch there, Jeff. First time God handed him the tablets. The second time God said, I want you to go and cut the tablets out. So the transition here is God is putting somebody between him and the Israelites. God is putting a mediator between them two. God is putting a man in that spot to, to go out and get the stones and bring them and meet him up on Mount Sinai. Uh, that, that switch there is very important that you understand that, that Moses is going to have to cut out the stone and bring them to God, and God's going to write back in them what he did on the first. In other words, he didn't want the first, but he wanted the second. Hang with me. Look what the Bible says in verse 2. Now we got a little reading. Reading won't hurt you a bit, okay? Listen, he says, And be ready in the morning, and come up in the morning unto Mount Sinai, and present thyself there to me in the top of the mount. And no man shall come up with thee, neither let any man be seen throughout all the mount, neither let the flocks nor herds feed before the mount. And he hewed two tables of stone like unto the first, and Moses rose up early in the morning and went up Mount Sinai, and the Lord had, as the Lord had commanded him, and he took... In his hand, the two tables of stone, he carried them up the mountain. Amen. Hang with me. And look what the Bible says. And the Lord, Jeff, descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord showed up and proclaimed he was the Lord. I don't know about you, but there was a time in my life when I was lost and undone and God showed up and I knew that it was the Lord. <laughs> All right, moving on. I don't want to get too excited yet. Look what the Bible says. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and graceful. So the first thing that God wants to show Moses... I want you to recognize who I am. Now, I want to tell you something. In the days churches we live in, I think they forgot who he is. I want you to know tonight, he is the Lord. Amen. He is the Lord. And he is the Lord of mercy and grace. Long-suffering, abundant to goodness and truth. 
Can I get a testimony tonight that he's been good? I want you to know that I haven't been walking this way maybe as long as some of you, but the time that I have been, I want to tell you, I have not been as good to God as God has been to me, but God has been so good to me and my family. Sometimes he blesses me, Jeff, and I have to go find a prayer closet and say, God, I don't understand why you bless me because I don't understand it because I don't deserve it because I haven't been living like I'm supposed to be living, but out of the blue, you just bless me and you love me and you take care of me when I don't deserve you to even look my way. Oh, Jeff, I'm thankful that he's merciful. I'm thankful that he's graceful. Oh, I think he's, I'm so thankful he's the God of long suffering. Hey, you'd have done gave up on him, honey, but God has not given up. You, listen, we almost have been, sometimes it seems like we've given up on this world. But can I tell you, there is still one in glory that's merciful, graceful, long-suffering, and he has not thrown in the towel. You say, how do you know that, preacher? Because we're here tonight. If he was done, he would have done thrown in the towel and come through the eastern sky, and we'd be going out of this mess. <laughs> Amen. Hey, you might have some family that looks like it's no hope and it's done. Can I tell you, God will not give up on them and you should not either. Hey man, he's graceful. He's long-suffering. He said, Moses, uh, and he's abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin. Oh, I'm glad. I fall into this. I don't know if that blesses you tonight, but that really blesses me because I know me. Now I'm looking out there and I'm telling you, I don't know what level you're on tonight. But I'm going to tell you what level I'm on. If you work in the kind of industry that I work in, you better be thankful for a God that's long-suffering. Amen. And listen, we come up short. Folks, tonight we come up short and we don't meet the mark. And there's so many people that don't want to hear that tonight. We, you don't meet the mark. The Bible says there's none good, none righteous, no, not one. They've all gone astray, and there's none that understandeth tonight. And i got to be honest with you. Jeff, I don't understand why God would love something like me. Why would he keep taking care of a somebody like me? Let's move on. Look what the Bible says. This, listen, this is after God got done. Writing the law, Jeff. He wanted them to, he wanted Moses to know who he was and what he was. He says, uh, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children into the third and the fourth generation. I want to turn to Deuteronomy real quick. You don't have to turn there. I'll read it to you. But it's Deuteronomy. If you want to pull it up there, it's Deuteronomy 10. I want to show you something right now, and we're done. I'm telling you, I'm going to run through this so fast. You're going to say, what did he even say? If I go that fast, it might not help you, okay? Preachers lie sometimes, all right? You're going to have to look over me. You're going to have to be graceful and merciful. But a lot of times I preach in crowds that I have to continue to try to get you to hang in there with me. And I promise you, if you hang in there with me tonight, we will get somewhere and we will figure something out and God can show you something if you want Him to. Let's look at this together. In, in Deuteronomy chapter 10, 
here's the, you understand in Deuteronomy, pretty much just repeats Exodus of what happened. This is not a third event. They're just recalling the second event. Look what the Bible says. And at the time the Lord said unto me, this is Moses recalling this, Hew these two tables of stone like unto the first, and come up unto me into the mount, and make thee an ark of wood. So now we have two tables of stone that has the that has the 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 inscribed with the finger of God in them. But now God wants Moses to come off the hill and he wants him to get some wood. Say amen. And he said, I will write on the tables the words that were in the first tables, which thou breakest, and thou shalt put them in the ark. And I made an ark of shittim wood, and who two tablets of stone like unto the first, and went up into the mount, having the two tables in my hands. I want to talk tonight about God's grace and about his covering. Can I tell you that God saved me and I'm not perfect, but I'm covered. As I take a look at this and I see what, I try to understand what God is doing with these Ten Commandments in this tablet, and I'm trying to understand, and as I look at this ark, I look that word up, Jeff, and I find out in the Strong's uh, that that word ark means a box or a coffin. So now we have... We have the law and we have uh, basically a coffin and God wants him to put that in that box or that coffin and he wants Moses to put a lid on top of that box that's going to cover the law inside the box. And he said, I want you to take that and put it in the holies of holy and I want you to, every year that the priest would go into the holies of holy, I want him to take the blood of that lamb and I want him to sprinkle up on that mercy seat uh, the blood of the lamb and the people will go home and they'll be forgiven for one year. And God said, I want to make something very clear to you. I don't want nobody opening the box. If you do, I'll kill you. Samuel 3. 2 Samuel chapter 3. They got the ark back from the Philistine. And while they do, they go over there and open it up and God kills 50,000 of them. You say, that's pretty strong that God don't want you to look inside there. Well, God's trying to make a very point to you of how, how much the law was against you and what Christ had to do to redeem you. I think sometimes we forget, Jeff, just what Jesus had to go through to get you back. What Jesus had to do and go through and all that he went through to save you, as we look at this, we've got this this tablet of stones and we've got this ark which is basically a coffin and we got the law and we got the mercy seat and what happens to people when they pull the top off of the mercy seat and they reveal the law you have death let me help you for a minute you know what kills your family you know what kills your friends you know what kills 
everybody around you, when you look at them without the mercy seat, when you pop the top off and you start looking at people through the law of the eyes of the law without God's mercy, you will kill them. I know what I'm talking about this night. I'm standing here. I have lived this. I have been through this. And listen, honey, we have browbeat our children to death. We have worried about the inner court and not the outer court. And we worry to death about that. I've done it to my own kids, Jeff, to try to get them to come up to a standard that I cannot meet and they will never meet. And it kills them. And they grow up, honey, and they want nothing to do with God. And they want nothing to do with the house of God. And they're gone. Pay attention to me tonight. I'm going to try to help you. I've been doing this for a little while and I know what I'm talking about. You got to quit looking at people through the law without the mercy. Because when you do that, you forgot that you was once purged from your sin. I'm going to heaven. You might not want me to be there, but I'm going there. Not because I preach. Not because I'm a Baptist. Not because I'm a part of an association. I'm going because God saved my soul and the blood's been applied. Miss McCamey said it the best. If you ask me how I made it, I made it by God's amazing grace. I'm going there by grace and so are you. Jeff, I've, I've killed people. I've done it in my own ministry as being young and starting out thinking I'm going down the right road. When you take that top off and you reveal that law forgetting of once you were in the same situation but God came by your way one day and showed you grace that you did not deserve and He was graceful. He was merciful. He was long-suffering. He wooed your heart. He loved on you. I'm glad when God came to me He didn't come to me with a switch but He came to me with His arms wrapped around me and He came to where I was because I couldn't get to where he was and I'm saved and I'm born again listen I'm not much but I am a child of the king I'm part of something that's a whole lot bigger than all this I'm on the short end of something real real big Jeff and I don't deserve God's grace look at this uh, these tablets that was put down in that coffin you said what does this have to do can I tell you from Genesis to Revelation uh, this book is about Jesus. Uh, it's all about Jesus. It starts with Jesus and it ends with Jesus uh, because uh, you listen to me, God tucked by his finger in the womb of a little virgin girl uh, down there in Galilee uh, and inscribed the rock uh, in her womb uh, and out came the rock of ages uh, and the law he was. Uh, he said, I did not come to destroy the law but to fulfill the law. That rock, listen, that rock of ages walked on this year, earth for 33 years. Uh, uh, you said, well, how in the world did he fulfill the law? Let me tell you how he fulfilled the law tonight to help you out. He went and they got some wood. They tucked the law and laid the law down on the wood. Just like Moses come off of Mount Sinai and laid them tablets down on that wood. Can I tell you that the law was laid down on the wood. And he, listen, he never did commit sin. But he became sin who knew no sin so that I may become the righteousness of God. 
I say hallelujah. The law was laid down. It was laid down once again on that cross. And when he gave up the ghost and he died, uh, they put him in a box. It was a tomb. It was square. Look at it, Jeff. If you look it up, it was square. It was basically a coffin. A real big one. And on the third day, stay with me for a minute. On the third day, he come up out of that victory over hell, death, and the grave. He said, how did he defeat the law? How did he fulfill it? He took his own blood and he made a trip to glory. And he took that blood and he put it all over that mercy seat. And the way, he, the way that he fulfilled the law is when his father looks at me tonight, the law is still there, honey. It's still in place. But the only difference is I, there is a blood that's on top of the mercy seat. And when God looks at me uh, and he looks at the law, he first has to look at the blood of his son that was shed on Calvary. I say hallelujah, hey man. Uh, I'm thankful that God was graceful and merciful to a somebody like me. I was in Camel's Creek, West Virginia. I was up there in a speedway and there was this little 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 young girl. She was probably 20, Jeff, 22 years old. And I come up to the counter. I had my Mountain Dew and and uh, because if you ever, listen, if you lived in Camel's Creek, you've been baptized in Mountain Dew. Say amen. That's why I look like I look. I, I, keep, I keep telling them they're shrinking my clothes in, in the dryer over there. Something happened. They're all tight. Uh, she's up there at that counter, Jeff, uh, and she had her. She, she's trying to get her change. She's trying to get her a water. And I just remember uh, her makeup. It was all down her cheeks. I mean, it looked. She looked like Kiss. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, it just all down here. I just remember looking at that 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 little girl's back. She had a little shirt on. You could see her ribs. Uh, you could see her spine poking out of her skin. And I thought to myself, uh, man, what a waste. I mean, what's wrong with this? Get out of my way. Anybody ever live like that as a Christian? Then I might be in the wrong place. But I've been there. And I thought I was somebody. And I thought I was something. And I, Jeff, she's just trying to get some change out of her little pocketbook purse there. I know that she's probably on drugs. Who knows where she'd been the night before. And I, she went on out the door. And the lady behind the counter said, what in the world was her deal? She said, oh, she's just trying to get downtown. She just got news that her mama died. I left my drink there and I left my candy bar there. The Holy Spirit of God just climbed all over me and said, Preacher, who in the world do you think you are? Stop looking at people through the law and love them because that's what the law came to do. Jeff, I went out of my truck and I sobbed like a baby. Who do you think you are? Can I tell you that little girl never dreamed to grow up and be on drugs and probably be in prostitution or whatever she's doing. She never, she probably dreamed of a daddy walking her down an aisle one day, giving her away and she living a life just like you who. She had dreams. No little girl, Jeff, no little girl in this world as I travel all over the world and I see these little young women out there on the street and prostituting looking like they're walking around like that. Nobody wants to be that. They never dream to be that. 
They are somebody. There's some parent's little girl that's on the street giving their life away to Satan. What do we do? Sit back and open up the box. Open up the box. Open up the box. You know what we ought to do? We ought to go up to them and find them and tell them there is a God in heaven that loves you. I don't care how far you went. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you done it with. He will save your soul just like he did mine. Oh, I'm telling you this morning, this evening, you listen to me for years and years and years. Uh, we've been told to keep this standard. Keep the, you you got to look the right way, walk the right way, smell the right way. you got to do this the right way. Bless God, I'm saved, born again. And if you all go home and take a bath tonight, drain out the bathtub, you're going to find the same thing in every one of them. There's dirt because we're all made out of the same stuff, but we're all going to heaven the same way. And it's by His blood. I don't have a clock. I don't know what time it is. I'm going to keep going. Are we all right, Jeff? Hang with me for a minute. You don't have a pastor. Okay. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Can I tell you, each and every one of you is so important to the person that's next to you, to the next aisle, to the next aisle. Jeff, I thought I knew... See, when you're younger, you think you know everything about God and about this thing and how to do this thing. And then you get older and you realize things happen in your family and money can't fix it. Jeff, I thought I knew how to pray till my little boy started having seizures. I didn't know how to pray. I just sobbed. I just, I just fell down being mom. That's what, that's what you call your wife when you get older. She drank coffee on the back porch, you call her mom. She calls me dad. We kind of like that. But I thought I knew how to pray. His eyes rolled back in his head. I don't know how to pray. I've been doing this forever. I've been telling people what to do. and I've been judging everybody. And then the crisis hits my life and I realize those people that I judged in the house of God, I need them more now than I have ever needed them before. He said, what would you do in the hospital? Me and mom just held each other and we cried. And I don't know how to pray, but I know this, that the Bible said that God loves me so much and I mean so much to him that the Holy Spirit got in there in my groanings and praying for my son. And he went to the Father and told him what we said. <laughs> you say, why? Because he loves me. And he died for me. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you some advice to help y'all guys for the next few months or however how long it takes. I'm going to help you. Love one another. When you see them come through the back door, say this, I'm so glad to see you. I'm so glad that you're here. What in the world can I do to help you? Can I pray for you? Can I love on you? What can I do to help you? Can I tell you, this will, make, this, this will see what you church, this little church is made out of. What you made out of. Here's what I tell them. I've been pastoring for eight years. I love them. I buried their husbands. I've even buried a baby. That's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. 29 days old. Little Luke. He is, I told his mama in the hospital, he was born 69 chromosomes, which is like three times it's ever happened before. He had white hair. He was just as white. I said, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm jealous that boy's hair. That's the best looking hair I'd ever seen. I tuck it, went with his 
was going to go that morning, Saturday morning, because I told his mama and his daddy, I said, I will go with you to the graveyard. I'll go to you with the funeral home. I will not let you take one step by yourself. That Saturday morning, Jeff, they showed up at the church to meet me because we're going up to the funeral home to pick out a casket for a 29-year-old baby. That's tough. As we get to the church parking lot, the husband pulls up to the front door. If you know where our church is, Jeff, he pulled a big old F-350, brother, diesel, right up almost on the front porch, got out of that thing, tears coming down his eye, and said, Preacher, before we go anywhere, I've got to get born again. And God saved that boy's soul right there. And said, we went to the funeral home. We carried, his mom, we carried the mama back out and put her in the truck. I remember this, I'll never forget it. She was worried about the bottom of that coffin. She wanted to make sure there was a blanket in there because she didn't want him to lay on that because it was hard. Dear God, people, we got trouble on every end and the last thing we need to do is to not love one another. You say, why? Because it might be you next. And you're going to need somebody And then you come back to the church and you come back to this and then you hear this. I love that. And you hear this. That's the the mouthpieces that you don't really hear but they're still talking. Come on, you've been in this thing long enough. You know what I'm talking about. You say, what do you tell them, preacher? We're all in the boat together. Sit down, shut up, get you a row and start rowing. Start rowing. You say, why? Because I need you. Hey, don't, don't get you a group in a church and that's your group and you don't talk to anybody else. You don't have nothing to do with anybody else because everybody needs everybody in here. You're, you have children. You have children. You're going to have, you have this in your family and you need the prayers of the saints of God. Say, why? Because we're all in the ship together. That, Jeff, you know what I found out? We all got dirt just different. Hey, Amen. But it's by His grace that He saved me. I'm going home by His grace. And my children on this side of eternity is going to make it through and get them a family and and, and live for God by His grace. Everybody in here needs everyone. I'm going to tell you something that the devil cannot walk across. And that's when you build love for each other. I'm telling you, you can move mountains when you build love for one another. Hey, it's a scary time, and I know it is. It's hurtful not to have a pastor, but you can still do something. And what you can do is take care of one another and be thankful. Stop popping the top off the law. You're going to kill everybody around you. Before you're done, there ain't going to be nobody want nothing to do with you. Say, why? Because you don't look at people with the grace and the mercy that God has shed upon you. Hey, let me help you tonight. I will if you'll let God help you tonight. You can be just as strong and you can help one another and you can build a relationship. You know, I've been in this thing a long time and I've been in churches where some people didn't even know who was in the pews on the other side of the church. I want to tell you something tonight. That is sad. That's so... When I started out doing this thing, I used to stand at the door and I loved to see every one of them that come through the back door. 
I got away from that. I went back to doing that because you know what? Every now and then I want somebody to just recognize that I'm here. It's like I'm telling you sometimes passionate about this church is like owning a cat. You ever own the cat? You feed that stupid thing and he won't let you pet him. <laughs> he just runs away from you. And he don't come back unless he wants something. Don't be like that. Hey, help one another. Not just on Sunday and Wednesday. Be there for one another. Love each other. Pray for each other. When you tell, listen, I don't want people to pray for me that won't pray for me, that they're just lying to me. Because when I'm up in the hospital, I really need some people that I know is going to pray. So if you ain't really going to pray for me, just say, no, I ain't praying for you. I would rather you do that than just shun me. Why? Because I've had things in my life where I needed somebody to pray for me. Hey, love one another. That, that's advice that I've got for you. Love each other. Work together. And I promise you, you will be strong enough to make it through this. The only thing, listen, the devil just waits for an opportunity and he will step in and he will divide and conquer. That's what he does. Every single time in a situation like this, he will divide and conquer. You don't have to do that. Hey, you got family that you've been looking at the law without the mercy? Stop. Just stop. You say, well, what do I do? Find you a room somewhere. Get down on your knees and say, God, I give it to you. And you say, what do I do when I see them? Love them. Just love them. You say, why? Because the same grace that saved you is the same grace that saved them. And you're not any better. You're just different. Listen, we all have some good and the best of us have some bad. Amen. Listen, you can play that game all day long. I tell them at the church, you can take your big Bible and your cross around your neck all you want, but you can put that thing down, open it up, and let's just talk for a minute. I'm going to tell you something, Jeff, you listen to me. The people in my life, in my Christian life, the people that when I, before I come to Christ, I mean, uh, that means the most to me, that I remember the most, are those that love me unconditionally. Before I ever knew Christ. Jeff, you know there's some people in your life that just loved on you. Hey, they didn't even make sense they loved on me so much. I knew I wasn't that good. But they made me feel like I was loved. Hey, our churches fail in that tremendously, Jeff, I believe with all my heart. The one part of that we fail the most is we fail in loving people. Hey, we need some churches again that love people. Amen. I mean, am I, am I way off target with you tonight? I'm going to tell you as a Christian, I need to love people better. You say, where do I start? In your house. You know a good place to start? Right over there at the house. You know what surprises me about people, Jeff, and, and, and pastoring them? They'll love the world, but they can't love their own house. What's wrong with that scene? You're talking about saved people. Yes, I'm talking about saved people. If there's anybody in this world that you ought to love more than anywhere else with unconditional love, is down at the house. Say amen. amen. Jeff, I've been there.
Honey, I beat, I have browbeat them. I have browbeat them with a standard that I can't even keep myself. I'm glad that God opened my eyes and showed me to quit looking at my children through the law without the mercy seat. They're going to mess up. Hey, they're going to mess up. They're going to mess up. But there's still grace. There's still time. God can change it. God can do it. Everybody stand with me. I want you to stand with me and bow your head for just a moment. Let me talk to you for just a minute. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. We don't need no music. We don't need any of that. I I want to talk to you for just a minute. Bow your head and close your eyes. Listen to me. Hey, I'm going to tell you the next few months can be rough or it can be pleasant. The devil can intercede and come in this place and rip it apart or y'all can hang and stick together. The only way you're going to do it is to love one another and love him first. Keep praising him. Keep shouting his name. And keep remembering from the sin that you was once purged from. You know, God said over there in Colossians that he blotted out all the handwritings and ordinances that was contrary to us, taking them and nailing them to his cross. Hey, everything that was against you, Christ nailed it to the cross. So quit taking everything you got something against someone else and nailing them to the cross. Hey, I'm glad my sins are forgiven. I'm not perfect, but I'm, but I'm redeemed. Hey, I'm just going to ask you a few questions and I'm out of here and I'm done. I'm going to leave you alone. You say, preacher, I'm here tonight and i got to be honest with you. My, the love, the fire, the love that I've had in my heart has kind of dwindled down just a little bit. Would you raise your hand and say, preacher,